Welcome to ANCF's Sunday morning services. We're glad, I'm glad that you're, you're with us this morning. Um, and if you're here for the first time this morning, welcome. It's great that you could join us this morning. You know, there's, there's so many things you could be doing this morning on a Sunday morning. People take the opportunity to relax, sleep in. It's their time to rest before Monday. Maybe do a bit of gardening, maybe do a bit of shopping, grocery shopping. But you know what? What a better place to be than to be here in the presence of the Lord and to be for his word this morning. And I pray that you are blessed because you came. You know, you are blessed because you came, that you have received God's word this morning and that it moves in your heart and you're better for it. Most importantly, that you know the Lord Jesus Christ even more intimately. I pray that's the case. Last week, we looked at um, being a living sacrifice. I pray that during the week that you did what you needed to do as a Christian because that's what Christians do. They lay down their lives for the Lord. They give up their life for the Lord's life. To live up to live their lives for the Lord. So I pray that during the week that you were, uh, this is the life you lived. Uh, if you're a Christian, you lived your life uh, laid at the altar, ready to do the Lord's work, and always walking in the steps in the steps of Jesus. This morning, uh, uh, I want to share with you from um, the one of the New Testament Gospels that I'll get to in a moment. Before we do that, I just want to mention a couple of things as a church. You know, I'm always very encouraged as a church how we continue to conduct ourselves. Uh, through this pandemic. I believe uh, the Lord is sustaining us, hanging there. The Lord's uh, faithful in all that he does. And uh, we need to look to him. We need to trust him. Uh, he's the one that we trust above all things. He's the one that we trust above all people. Keep trusting the Lord uh, and the Lord will continue to sustain you. So this morning, I'd like you to turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament, chapter 12. And um, I want to read a short passage here that Jesus spoke about when uh, he's a, he was, this whole chapter uh, covers a whole range of things. But I want to focus in particular on from starting from, from, verse, from verse 22. So if you open your Bibles to Luke 12, and we're going to start from, we're going to start from verse 22. I wonder if you were to grab a whole stack of Smarties. Uh, you grab some, you grab some green Smarties, you grab some yellow Smarties, and you grab some red Smarties. Now, I don't want you to eat these Smarties, but I want what I want you to do is this: for every time you've worried about something in the past, I want you to put a. Well, imagine if we could put a, a green Smartie into a jar. For every time you've worried about something in the past, like you've, when you think about the way you've lived all your life and all the things that you've worried about in the past that you would add a green Smarty to a jar. And all the things, and then all the things you're worrying about now, all the things that you worry about now, I wonder if you could put a, um, a, a yellow Smarty into a jar. And then I want you to think about all the things that you worry about the future, like everything that you're worrying about the future, what the future holds, what's going to happen in the future. If you could, if in doing that, you could put, you can put a red Smarty in a jar. And I want you to think about if you, but to put Smarties in a jar of everything that you have worried about, that you are worrying about, and that you're thinking to worry about, I wonder how big that jar would be. How big would that jar be? Would it be a small jar? Would it be a jar that you could fit in the, in the size of your hand? Would it be a jar that you, would, that you could carry uh, uh, perhaps with, with two hands? Would it be a jar that you have to sort of, you know, have to almost... Uh, have your whole arms around it, would it, or would it potentially be a jar that, that uh, you couldn't carry at all? 
And then if you would look at that jar and you think about all the things you have worried about and all the things you are worrying about and all the things you are going to worry, uh, you, you're, you're worrying about for the future, what would that colour scheme look like in the jar? What is it that is dominating your thinking? What is it that you're, you're constantly thinking about and the things that constantly come upon you uh, with the things, of, the things that you could potentially worry about? You know, it's interesting because the Bible, the Bible speaks a lot about worry. And I think the Bible speaks a lot about worry because, it, because God knows that by our very nature, the way that we are designed, the way that we are made and who we are and our nature and our fallenness, that we are prone to worry. And so the Bible knows this. The Bible, the God knows this. God understands this. And so he spends a lot of time in the scriptures addressing this issue of worry. And if there's ever going to be a time that we're going to worry, well, this is a particularly a time that we're going to worry about under this pandemic. We're going to be worrying about lots of things and lots of people who have experienced lots of hard uh, things in this time. And remember that we're not just talking about the hardships of the pandemic, because remember, people still experience hardships, even if there wasn't a pandemic. But imagine all the things that people can potentially be worrying about at the moment. If you were to, to fill that jar of smarties, how big would your jar be? Well, I want to come this morning with a word of hope. I want to come this morning and I want to give you some words that Jesus gave me, that Jesus gave us. Words of hope that help us to address these experiences in life. And I pray this morning that we can learn, we can learn something very significant, that we can learn that as, as Christians, as Christians, that we are children in the kingdom of God. God is the king of this kingdom and we are children of the kingdom of God and God will always provide for his kingdom and God will always provide for his people in his kingdom so that his people can get on with the work that God has for them on this earth. You understand that? That's a wonderful word from God. He's encouraging us to move on and proceed with the work he has for us because he's guaranteeing us that he'll make sure that what is required in the kingdom will be given to you. So he asks us not to worry. We learn to trust that we are children in the kingdom of God. This morning I pray that we can see this for what Jesus is saying because God has never had problems. God has never had problems providing for his people. He, he constantly provided through the wilderness, had no problem whatsoever. Food, shoes, problem, no, no problem whatsoever. Jesus did it at the wedding. He provided wine at the wedding. Jesus did it with the, the bread and the fish to feed the thousands. God has always demonstrated that he has no problem in providing. And, and, and Jesus um, makes the point of it in this passage. Now, remember, or rather, in this chapter, there are so many things that this chapter is speaking about. And, and Jesus addresses this. This is, this is kind of somewhat in the middle of what he's, what he's addressing. And whether it's, it has a, a strong relevance or not, I'm not too sure. But at the same time, this chapter is filled with all sorts of things that uh, confront us as Christians. Uh, hypocrisy. The fear of man. This is all found in chapter 12. Hypocrisy, the fear of man, persecutions, covetousness, wealth, food and clothing, earthly pursuits and attachments, the coming of the Lord, irresponsible behavior, household divisions and natural wisdom. These things are covered in, the, in, the, in, the, in chapter 12 of Luke. However, in the middle of it, Jesus addresses this issue of do not worry. I wonder this morning how many of us find ourselves worrying 
all the time. How many of us don't have an answer for our worry? How many of us find ourselves gripped by worry, uh, uh, dictated by worry, determined by worry, because we don't have a way out of it? And I encourage you this morning through the words of Jesus, what Jesus tells us and how he asks us to address this issue of worry. The most important thing, brothers and sisters, the most important thing that we could ever focus on at the end of the day is our relationship with God. You can focus on so many things in life. You can try and address so many things in life. But at the end of the day, the most important thing God has called you to do to focus on is your relationship to him. And I pray that you can see this through what we're going to be talking about this morning. In fact, if we go back just one verse, Jesus said in verse 21, after speaking about the man who tried to build up so much wealth that he thought, fantastic, I've got everything that I need, I can sit back. And then, of course, he died that night. Jesus said, verse 21, and so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Because you can have everything else, you can focus on everything else, but at the end of the day, your priority in life, your focus in life is being rich toward God, is your relationship with God, because everything else is going to go. And I want to encourage you this morning to think about where your relationship with God is this morning, whether you're a Christian or not. And, and rather than be trapped and restricted and bound by the power of worry, to be trusting in a God who looks after his people in his kingdom. Now, listen, there are lots of things in life that cause, cause anxiety, cause distress, that cause concern. There's a whole range of things that are not necessarily what Jesus is specifically referring to here. What he's specifically referring to here is the food and the drink, or rather the basic necessities of life. But there's a whole range of things that cause anxiety, that cause distress, and, and that cause concern in people's lives. And they're going to come. You're going to experience them, and your flesh, your body is going to experience the effects of them. Even in those times, there are some principles that we can take to apply to these areas, that we can learn somehow the, the beauty of trusting and resting even in those experiences as well. That doesn't mean, brothers and sisters, that the feelings that we have through anxieties and distress will disappear straight away. They may linger, and even if they linger, it does not mean you're not trusting God. And as they linger, you find a way to trust and rest in a God who's always watching over you and providing for you. So the absence of those feelings doesn't mean now you're trusting God. You may have them and they may linger and you still can be trusting God. But specifically what Jesus is talking about here is the pursuits or the worry of our basic needs. But there are some beautiful principles that we can live with this and, and spread across all things that cause us to be anxious. So I want to cover three areas this morning that I hope will, you will be able to take away with you this morning and you'll be able to uh, 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 reflect on and make part of your life that the truths of God may, may uh, transform the way you live and the way you approach the things that you worry about in life. And the three things are these, that God's, God's value to life God's value to life. Number two, God's provision for life. God's provision for life. And number three, God's meaning. God's meaning to life. And I pray this morning that, that uh, you may 
you may take these and allow these things to speak into your heart. Now, brothers and sisters, before I just share with you this passage, I want to make something really, really clear. This is not a message to cause irresponsibility in life. This is not a message for you to say, ah, look, God is going to provide for me. I don't care. I'm not even going to work because God is going to provide for me. No, listen, this is not a message about being irresponsible. I believe that the faithful Christian is the one who faithfully uh, is responsible for meeting the needs of those around him or, or for himself or even those around him. Faithful Christian means meeting needs like this. This is not a message about being irresponsible, but this is a message about being able to understand everything is in perspective. You put God first. You don't turn things around like the world and put the necessities of life first and then the kingdom of God second. No, you put the kingdom of God first and you trust that the God who provides will always meet your needs. And this is freedom. This is freedom from the worry that Jesus is speaking about, the worry that grips so many people because they pursue earthly pursuits. They put them above the pursuit of God. So let's look at these three things. Firstly, God's value to life. Verse 22, God's value to life. And then he said to his disciples, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Isn't that beautiful? He says, I don't want you to worry about these things. I don't want you to worry about food. I don't want you to worry about clothing. I don't want you to worry about these things. Don't get it mixed up. Now, is this, is this a lesson on not enjoying food? I don't believe so. Is this, is this a lesson about not appreciating clothing? I don't believe so. But this isn't the message what Jesus isn't telling us not to enjoy food or appreciate clothing. What he's saying is don't worry about them. Don't allow these things to dictate your life and don't allow these things to bring meaning to your life or significance to your life that somehow I'm satisfied when I have these things. Don't turn it upside down and allow these things to become your kingdom and these are the things that you pursue in life because these are the things that are going to bring somehow value to your life. No, they're not. And if we can understand these things into perspective, because once we start adding value to these things and we start saying to ourselves, I need these things or I want these things, these things make me something or make me someone. These are the things that I pursue in life. These are the things I live for. All of a sudden, when we don't have them, we worry. Of course, we're going to worry because they are the things that bring value to our life. They are the things that we think are going to sustain us in life. They are the things that we think they're going to bring meaning to our life. They're the things that we think people are going to look upon us and think, wow, look at them in our lives. But once we do that and we don't have them, we're going to worry about life. And Jesus says, stop. That's not the people of God's kingdom. People of God's kingdom seek God's kingdom. And if they trust God will provide for them. They don't get, up in the, they don't get involved in the race of life. They don't get involved in the things that people race after thinking I've got to have this and I've got to have that. I've got to make sure I get that in life. And that's the best thing to do and the best thing to have and the best thing to eat and the best thing to wear. No, don't get caught up in that. Yes, appreciate it, enjoy it, but it's not who you are. It's like the tortoise and the hare. Remember the story of the tortoise and the hare and the tortoise and the hare now on a race? And the hare can't help himself. He's got to run. <laughs> he runs really, really fast. But the tortoise is just going step by step, step by step, step by step, doing his thing. And eventually we know in the story the tortoise wins the race. 
The tortoise doesn't get caught up, if you like, with the race of life, the, the worries of life. He's just steady doing what he has to do. Beloved, this is what Jesus is asking us to do. The kingdom of God is not food and drink. Yes, the kingdom of God needs food and drink, but this isn't who we are because when we think like this and we don't have that, you're going to worry. Listen, a couple of other things that he said about the value of life. If you go back to um, verse 15, he says it in a different way, speaking about this man who built his wealth on this earth. He said in verse 15, and he said to them, take heed, be careful, watch out. Beware of covetousness, he says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Do you, do you understand what Jesus is saying here? What you have does not define you. What you have doesn't dictate and determine the value of who you are. And how often do people think that, feel that, live like that? Because so-and-so is able to have this or go here or, or accumulate that. Somehow they're, a, they're better off. They're happier people. They're better people. And because I don't have it, I'm less of a person. Jesus says, no, the, life doesn't consist of the abundance of what you have. That's not where your value is. Your value is in that you're a child in the kingdom of God and God will always provide. That's your value. And then he goes back and says, and look at verse 6 and 7 when he's talking about the fear of God, verses 6 and 7 of chapter 12. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? Very cheap, very cheap to buy sparrows. He goes, and not one of them is forgotten before God, yeah? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And what he's saying here is that God is prepared to care for the least of his creation. Even the very hair on your head is all numbered. God knows every number of everyone's head and how much hair is there. And God's caring for even the cheapest of sparrows, and he looks after even them. How much more, not the sparrow, how much more his, his creation, humans. And dare I say, listen, dare I say, not just his humans, those who put their trust in him, how much more even them? How much more even those who look at the world and say, I'm prepared to let that go to follow Jesus? How much more will he care for you and for me? To use, a, to use a, um, an earthly phrase, God has all the time in the world for his children especially when they turn their face in the world to follow him, for sure, he's going to look out for them. He cares for the sparrows. How much more for those who trust him? God adds value to our life. And because he does that, we don't need to worry about these things. These things don't define us. Number two, God's provision for life. God's provision for life. Look at verse 24. Consider the ravens, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are, are you than the birds? Now look at verse 27. Consider the lilies, he says, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God then so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? God is absolutely committed 
God is absolutely committed to make sure that provision is made. This is God's provision to his people. And what's interesting about this, he's talking about the birds and he's talking about the plants, perhaps things the people of the day took little thought of. Oh, yeah, that's a bird. Oh, yeah, that's a plant. That's a lily. That's a, that's a, uh, um, a, a flower in the field. Perhaps things that people took very little thought of, similar to us today. We don't think about every bird that flies past. We don't think about every little plant that we walk past. And Jesus is saying something very simple. He says, you know what, have you realised something? They don't work hard for what they do. But God provides for them. They don't toil, spin. They don't reap, sow. They don't build storehouses in case something goes wrong and therefore they have to have a backup plan. They don't do that. They don't work really hard. They just do what they have to do. They go about doing life how they have to do life. And God provides for them. And he's sending a very powerful message to the Christian. Listen, my children, you are part of my kingdom. Go, do what I'm asking you to do. Go live life the way I've asked you to live life. I will provide for you. Don't make life about these things. You're not trusting in my provision. And it's distracting you from the things that I'm calling you to do. Your worry for these things are removing your purpose for how to live. Because these things are going about. God, God is saying something like this. They are doing their part and I promise to do my part. Go about doing your part like the birds and the lilies and I promise that I'll go about doing my part. And Jesus could have used anything. He chose to use these things perhaps the people understood at the time, but he could have chosen to use anything. If Jesus lived today, perhaps he would have said something like this. Consider the canola fields as you drive to Ballarat. Have you ever seen them before? Beautiful. As you're driving on the freeway there, you look, I think it's to the right, um, you see fields of yellow, absolutely spectacular, absolutely spectacular. They're just growing. <laughs> they're, just, they're just growing. And yet they are spectacular. Even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these canola fields because they're doing their part and God is providing his part, God's provision to life or have you, ever, have you ever seen or perhaps watched on tv the fascination in those caves of the glowworms have you ever seen those before they're unbelievable how they glow in the dark these glowworms that glow in the dark and yet yet really what are they they're not even worms they're, they're larvae they're maggots they're in the process of becoming something and and they glow these maggots glow are you going to have a you're going to keep a maggot in your house Yet these, these what appear to be insignificant creatures perform and glow in such a glorious way because God provides. This is a very powerful message and how God is saying to his people, please do what you have to do for the kingdom of God. Trust me. Trust me that I will provide. Consider the birds. Consider the lilies. Consider the canola fields. Consider the glow worms or, worms or the maggots. Consider them. God will do his part. You need to do yours. Rest in the knowledge that you don't need to worry about these essential needs, if you like, these, these basic needs of life. Live life greater than that. Live life better than that. Live life with a rest and a trust that as God adds value to your life far greater, far greater than the things that this world pursues. See, it's what it is, brothers and sisters. 
it is um it is god's provision in life uh, sorry god's value in life and god's provision in life and then in the midst of these two verses that i just read he said this verse 25 and which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature meaning can add a day to your life or an hour to your life verse 26 if you're not able then to do the least why are you anxious for the rest isn't that beautiful if you can't do the least why are you anxious about the rest jesus is saying listen i know you worry about keeping uh your life going i know you worry about and you do lots of things for to ex extend your life yes but you can't and you become anxious over it and what he essentially is saying here is this listen to what he says here verse 26 if you're then not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Why the least? Because I believe he's saying, because for God, it's nothing. For God, it's easy. And what we call hard, God calls easy. What God calls easy, we call hard. That's the God we serve. So brothers and sisters, consider for a moment how big that jar of Smarties would be. How many things we've worried about because we haven't learned to trust that it's God who adds the value to our life, not the things that we worry about. And that we haven't learned to trust that it's God who provides for the things we need and not somehow uh, our, 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 our human ability to be able to do that. There is rest in knowing that. And then finally, God adds meaning to life. Look at verse, um, uh, verse 29. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. And he says it again here. In fact, he says it quite a few times in this chapter. Worry, anxious, worry, take thought. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. But your Father knows what you need, that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And he says it beautifully. And that's why that verse is so powerful, that you, you, God's children in God's kingdom, who don't add value to the things of this world like the world does. Who doesn't need the food, the clothing, uh, the drink, uh, the, the, the earthly matters. Who doesn't don't need these things to find yourself valuable or of value in life. Who doesn't, who doesn't find themselves gripped by the worry of what's going to happen tomorrow. Who's going to provide for me tomorrow or next year or in 10 years or after I retire. We're not gripped by these worries. Because he says you're children of God's kingdom. So I want you to live differently. I want you to live like children of the kingdom. And that is to seek first the kingdom of God. Do not worry about these things. Rather seek the kingdom of God. Because God then will add these things to you. Do you understand? How liberating. To have this resonate and sit in our hearts and to meditate on it. How powerful to be able to free, be free from the things that bind and cause great worry on the minds and the hearts of many people. 
very simply, brothers and sisters, kingdom people, kingdom people seek kingdom things because they trust in the king of this kingdom. It's like the, it's like the, um, the caterpillar who says, you know what, I'm going to buy amazing shoes for myself. Amazing shoes, this caterpillar. I'm going to get some Prada. I'm going to get some Nike shoes. I'm going to get the best quality shoes because, you know what, at the end of the day, these are fantastic. I've got lots of feet. I'm going to cover them all with the best shoes in life only to realise that one day he doesn't need them because he's a butterfly. But he's invested all his life into these things and worried all his life about looking a certain way and worried all his life about being a certain person and a certain esteem. And at the end of the day, it it means nothing. It comes to nothing because he didn't need them. The kingdom of God, the people of the kingdom of God are not like this. They don't live at this base level. They don't live at this low level. They, they They are raised up. They are raised up and they look up to higher things, greater things, better things in life. They seek the kingdom of God. They don't look down at these things and live in a a level that is very low, that that are just based on earthly matters and as if they're going just to live, eat, drink, have a house and die. They're living very differently. This is the people of God's kingdom that God is promising to always provide for. He adds meaning to life. He lifts us up out of a type of low level of living to live life for the kingdom of God. He adds a whole nother level of meaning to who we are. We don't seek to have the best shoes, so to speak, because we think somehow that is significant, but rather we seek the kingdom of God. Well, it's like the athlete who's running a 100-metre sprint and he says, you know what, look at my beautiful shoes. And you look down and he's got gumboots on. You think, what is he doing? Yeah, yeah, they're fantastic gumboots. They're the best gumboots that I can wear. They're the best gumboots. They fit really nice on my feet. I think to yourself, what are you doing? You're you're running the 100-meter sprint. Why are you wearing gumboots? Because he's living life restricted, limited. He's doing life not well. What he's doing is focusing on things that are completely upside down and completely wrong. He's got the wrong shoes for the right race, so to speak. Until I say to him, listen, I've got this state-of-the-art shoe for you. This is what you need to be wearing. And he puts them on and he thinks, I can't believe it all my life. What have I done? Yes, because this is how God designed you, not to look down and, and live life worrying about the things that God says you don't need to worry about. Live life with the meaning that God has for you. Seek the kingdom of God. Do the things of the kingdom of God. Go be ambassadors for Christ. Go be people who reconcile people to Christ. Go be salt and light on this earth. Go be people who love others, restore others, forgive others, show mercy to others. Go be people of the kingdom of God and allow God to provide for you. What a liberating, meaningful way to live that frees us from these low-level worries that somehow capture people too often. When my children were little, we loved a movie called Like Mike. I don't know if you've seen it before, but Like Mike is a, is a, is a really cute um, um, children's movie where a little boy, a little boy finds... Michael Jordan's runners, Michael Jordan's runner. He finds Michael Jordan playing basketball and he's, he's very, he doesn't realise, but until later when he puts on Michael Jordan's runners, he plays like a superstar, like it takes him to a whole nother level of basketball. 
you know, things he could never have done before, things that people never thought were, were even possible before. He puts, his, he puts Michael Jordan's runners on and he jumps in ways he thought he could never jump. He gets goals in ways that he thought he could never get. He scores all these points because he is wearing the Michael Jordan runners. A whole nother level. Brothers and sisters, according to the words of Jesus, I guarantee you, learn to walk in the shoes of Jesus. Learn to walk in the footsteps of Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ will bring about a life that is of a far greater meaning, a far greater level than you could ever have imagined that you're no longer bound and restricted and tied to such low-level living that makes you worry about all the little things in life that you think you want, but rather trust in the king of the kingdom that you are in and seek first the kingdom of God. You see, this is what God does for the, for the child of God and the children of God understands these three things that when they trust God, God himself, they can trust God because God himself adds, he determines the value of life. That they can trust God because God, he is the one that brings provision to life. That they can trust God because he is the one that determines the meaning of life. And brothers and sisters, when we do this, for this specific, these specific areas, the Bible says this, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. What wonderful truths to free us in these areas and principles that we can apply to so many other areas of life. I pray this week, brothers and sisters, as you reflect on your own experiences, you reflect on that jar of smarties, that maybe, maybe you start to take out some of the yellow ones. God willing that you start to take out some of the red ones. God willing that you acknowledge, yes, that you have worried. But now you know and understand more the words of Jesus that as a child of the living God, you live in the kingdom as Jesus the King. Let me pray for us this morning. I want to pray and ask the Lord's blessing uh, upon you uh, as we move into as we move into the week ahead. Let's pray together. Father God, I want to thank you for your word this morning. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for the words that you speak to us, that, Lord, you are the one who brings value to life. You are the one that provides for life, and you're the one that adds meaning to life. And for those reasons, Lord, we can trust you. Lord, I pray that you may work in the hearts of all that have been hearing this morning, that their relationship with you is the most important thing. Bless them, work in them, and draw them closer to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.